everybody to the CFC List Manager Round 1 Weekly Review. It's a very exciting time, guys, because for the first time since the very first podcast, I have an actual live guest with me. Welcome, everybody. Matthew Story. Matthew, welcome. Oh, it's good to be here, mate. Starting the season with two stories. Just goes to show you recognize some serious talent with a surname that goes with the podcast. Uh, given Lockie the easy task of dissecting a draft was probably a smart move. He digressed a fair bit about Dangerfield's nine-inch dick and how easily it goes down. After what he did, though, it should really be an assault charge. Does Lockie still think he's that good, or is the new uh, cop hater by backing a criminal? And from what I've heard, he's already pled guilty. I'm not sure if you remember him rating Scoot's team last week, Jimmy, but he was big on uh, the Tomahawk. Loved him. I had a quick gander and just noticed that he was Scoot's lowest-scoring player. The only person he has more tickets on is himself, when he rated his own side 8 out of 10. I want to just um, talk to you about a man as well. He's a, he's a little lone man, born in Dartmoor, Victoria, born on the 1st of April 1993. He goes by the name of Jeremy Cameron. I don't know if you're aware of the man, but uh, he was given to Geelong for three first-round picks, and he was valued at $1.5 million. Now, I don't know if you're aware, but pre-season was a bit rough on old Jeremy Cameron. Started this season with um, Geelong and had a hammy in January, and then he just blown it again just before round one. I just think that money would have been better spent paying off the arms in round one so you don't lose to last year's wooden spooners. What do you reckon, Jimmy? Yeah, look, there's uh, some people say there's uh, it's never as bad as you think it is, but I think this is one of those moments where it is actually as bad as it can get. When you lose to Adelaide, who are literally you know one of the worst mobs ever going around, and when Tex Walker gets an absolute bag on you and turns back the clock, I mean, tell me what, can it get better than that? No, it really can't. No, it cannot. Look, Jimmy, I'm just the voice of the people. They want me to bring an ice cold serving of gazpacho soup to Lockie in. A few people were upset with his ratings he provided, Grant in particular. Negative scores aren't great. And I just want to remind everyone that I heard you. He's a wounded defenseless animal in the corner, a wounded cat, if you will. Much like the cats over the weekend, really. So long as you all remember what he has to go through on a daily basis, we can forgive him for his ill temper and foul mouth rants. Because at the end of the day, he has to live with himself, and we just deal with it in very small doses. Much like he has to live with the decision that he left the chat twice. Don't know how he can come back from leaving the chat twice. I mean, realistically, he's uh, given a fair few blokes the, the phantom tag from leaving the chat, but this boy's now left it twice within 24 hours. What did you make of the decision to do that and not just mute the chat like any sort of normal bloke? Oh, I don't remember if you recall the uh, serve that he gave Scoot the very first time he left, but it was unrelenting. So, frankly, when he comes back the third time, I think we should all just be ripping into him. And, you know, it's going to be a lot harder to get him through on the trade table as well, given that he's not in the chat and doesn't know what's going on. Do you think he will come back, or do you think this has basically signed him off from being there? Because I remember him saying he didn't really want to be in the chat anyways due to the the effort it takes. Do you think this is him done for the season? Nah, we'll wait till round two. Round two, we'll see the uh, the Cats play off again, and I reckon if they get a win, he'll be crawling back. He's just uh, he's licking his wounds at the moment. The Crows, uh, they really did a number to him. Yes, like a crow picking at a dead carcass <laughs> of a cat, you might say. How the tables have turned. Exactly, how the turntables, as Michael Scott would say. <laughs> Alrighty, uh, so looking back to the weekend that we've just had, we've had uh, some pretty abysmal scores by some of the uh, the lesser lights here, like you know, maybe myself, even some of the boys, Keelan as well, not great. Uh, we had some of the guys score pretty well, uh, considering we had Grant, as you said, 
one of the top scorers as well as Steve pulling out the big guns. Yep. Um, let's go to each team individually now. So first up, we had James with Ravens Banquet, 11-68, defeated by Lachlan Big Fish, 13-77. Right now, I'm just going to go something simple here. Tell me one thing you liked about the winner and one thing you didn't like about the loser. I liked the uh, the dogs variety that uh, Lockie's got in his side. Uh, McRae, Daniel, and Trelaw. I mean, Trelaw was a bit unlucky. He's not the ball magnet that he was last year, but Caleb, Daniel, and McRae, they just seemed to score. And the rest of the side, I, I think most of them got 19 above. It was absolutely insane. So he's got three players there. If they keep doing that each year, then uh, each, seat, um, each round, then it should be pretty good. In terms of what I didn't like about your side, Jimmy, Dacos. Dacos was disgusting, and for a midfielder to get 30 points and not be seen for majority of the game, I think he's really let you down there. It broke my heart. Yeah, it's. I mean, you can say what you want about Gorn being Gorn, but Dacos, I reckon, is um, someone that should be turning over 80s and above. Definitely. Yeah, I looked at Lockie's side. He had some big top scores, like McRae went big, obviously, as you said, and both 160. Like just That's insane. What do you do about yeah. that? I mean, I know his prizes were from last year, but bloody hell, if he keeps doing that, I'll tell you what, Lockie's going to be fucking deep throating him every single week if he can. Jeez, I didn't know that um, Briser had broke. I didn't hear about it every week. Yeah, no, right, shocking. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, what I didn't like was one, two, three, four, five, six scores under 60 from myself, so it's not good enough. Yeah. Uh, you, you had a few injured on the bench, though. And you've got Whitfield in there, who's a maybe, and, you know, Marshall's still a couple of weeks off as well. Dumont and Tarrant, they'll come back when they want to, but... Yeah, you've just got no depth at the moment. and You're stuck with people like Wilkie and Blakey on your side. They don't really do much for you. No. I, well, one thing I did like about myself, not to toot my own horn, because that's not what we're doing in this uh, this group, uh, Will Day, 122 off the scrap heap. Oh, minutes how before, minute, that? Minutes before the game I started. I did see so. that. That is a nice little gem that you picked I'll, up. Watch him score 30 next week. Now <laughs> I've talked him up, so can't wait. All right, so next one up we have Scott with beautiful Trelaw, 13.62, defeated by the Flying Camel, Grant, 14.03. All right, what did you like about Grant and what didn't you like about Scoot? Um, I like Zorko. Zorko's 114 as a forward player. You can't go wrong. That's easily top scoring in the top five for your, your forwards there. and you probably couple that with Phillips as a 90 as a forward as well. It was hard to choose, but... You know, now he's doubled up as a, a forward mid and, you know, Phillips as well, like half his team are dual position, but Phillips is in a new role, so you can expect him to get some good scores and want to impress. Zorko's just continually doing those high scores and he's just going to be in that forward line all year, I reckon. Bad side about the uh, Scotty side. Hmm, it's a lot there. Um, you know, the big Tomahawk. Not putting through anything really sucked, but it's probably going to have to be Paddy Cripps. Paddy Cripps got 88. Um, and I know he had a bit of a niggle, I think it was in the third quarter for that shoulder again, but you know he, he's a tier one player and you expect him to be pumping out those hundreds and above every week. He's in your midfield, he's picked him as one of his top players and really he's just, he's not performing. You've got basically everyone else outperforming him, even Edwards. All right, if I go to Grant, I reckon what I liked was the audacity to pick Saad as his captain. Oh, I love I mean, that. He could have gone one of the blokes like Dylan Shield that he knows is going to get 100 most days, but he's going, you know what, don't rate that bloke at all. I'm going to go with Saad, his first game against Richmond, and he's just watching him tail up 
absolutely massive. So the, the audacity to pick him, I really like that. I love that pick. That was a really good pick. It was hard to to choose there between Zorko and, and Saad, but really you can always back Saad to be a consistent player, and obviously he's been doing his research, and you knew that Saad was going to come through with the goods. That's it. And what I didn't like about Scoot was his first pick on Tempelli as a captain. Obviously, you wanted to back up and score really big scores, and he, considering the rest of the Bulldogs had their absolute day with the Collingwood Magpies, to only score 184 as captain, probably not good enough from a captain that you'd expect to just yeah. tear apart. Yep, I feel that. And then the next game, we've got Brian the Packy Flyers, 13-33, defeated by Steve Cozzy's Mozzies, 14-45. Tell me about these teams. Wow. I mean, didn't we hear about how Brian was just going to wipe the floor with everybody and he's already got a, a loss to his name, so that's never a good sign. Um, Steve, oh, jeez. You always love to see McGrath coming out with 133. I mean, I'm a bit biased because I'm a Bomber supporter, but shit, that's a, a delightful score. And you know, you got Mills as well, but my best there is obviously McGrath. He's he's come through. I think he had 30 plus disposals in the end, and he just really ran the game and the game rampant. Um, in terms of what I didn't like about Brian, it's got to be Kennedy, 50. Definitely. Absolutely disgusting. I can't tell if he's carrying an injury or he's just half-assing it. You had Robottom, um, I'm pretty sure, just go ballistic that game. And that's sort of starting to tell the time that Kennedy might be done. Yeah, making way for some of the younger brigade. What about you? What do you like about Steve's side? Uh, probably the the blokes that scored really well, like your Mills, which I really rate, McGrath, yeah. and then even like your Brayshaws and your Walshers all over 120. When you've got four, when you've got four or five blokes scoring over a, over 120, it's going to be hard to beat. And the thing I didn't like about Brian is the fact that he didn't start Harms. <laughs> we talked yeah. about it a lot. He's oh. been, he was touted as picking him early, and the fact that he didn't even didn't even like give the bloke a chance to even have a go, left him on the bench. I've never heard so much chirp about a man and then not even play him. I reckon, like when you look at the blokes he's got in his defence, like yes, he's got like he's like Duggan, which isn't too bad. Like, obviously, he's got Bailey Williams, Cripps, or Stewart, which he's going to play. But when you've got a choice of Duggan or, or Harms, you're going to pick Harms. Like, I actually thought Harms played pretty well. He was getting a lot of the ball, and for a lot of the possession, was not getting much reward for it. But, uh, yeah, I think I would have put Harms in over Duggan. Definitely. And, yeah, he scored two more, so those two points can make the difference sometimes. Obviously not this week, but no, they can and they can do it. Got beaten by the best. He did. Beaten by the best. All right, next we turn to Kane Angry Midgets. 11.59, defeated by Nick Eightballs, 13.68. Talk to me about these ones. The big O. Look at him, 109. Everyone was giving him a hard time about that uh, draft pick, and there he is, just dropping tons like it's hot. Didn't even feel like he earned it. He just was hitting out everything and, you know, played his usual game. Comes out with a big score for uh, eight balls there. Um, in terms of what I didn't like about Kane's side, what is there to like? You got Roll. He's um he's down down and out for the whole season, so that sucks. I have to put my tickets on him to say that that was probably worst on. Yeah, definitely. When you poor bloke, like realistically, we're talking about Matt Rowell himself. Like, what's the luck the bloke's had? Comes out of the first four weeks last year, killing it, struggles, then comes in the first game of score six. Like, copped a PCL from what I heard. PCL. That's what six to eight weeks minimum, twelve weeks probably. If he's he's done for the, the season, taking the smart approach. Like for the for the bloke who's touted as one of the best. First one of one draft picks to come from a long time. For him to do that, yeah, not ideal. On the upside, he's got good depth in his bench. He has Lipinski's a, lot of, a played, lot of good depth in his bench. Played pretty well, so I reckon Graham or um, Lipinski slips right in. 
Yeah, he looked pretty good. And then even Dirty on the bench, 97, you'd be happy with that. Yeah, he's, he's got a lot of poo on his, uh, on his, on his play. Yeah. <laughs> Some Myers. Oh, man, why would you play him? Myers, Fridge. But then when you look at Warple 45, you don't think he's going to do that every day of the week. You think he's going to go better than that. No, well, the rest of the, the Hawks side scored pretty well. Yeah, yeah big boy back and boy. Yeah. 89, you take that. This isn't about talking about how good the ship blokes are. I was talking about how good the good blokes are. So yeah. I'll turn my attention to Wusty. And what I liked, Darcy Moore, 119. What a man. Oh. I want to see more of that. Yeah, that's nice. Yes, thank you. Uh, obviously, we can talk about Dustin Martin, but no one wants to. It's all digress. When I didn't like about Kane, obviously, we talked about Matt Rowell already. And, yeah, probably just realistically the ability to have some of these younger, these old blokes score well. Not good enough. All right, now we turn our attention to what was the closest and probably one of the worst two worst games here. We had Keelan with Wild Turkeys Rare, 1170, was defeated by Brian Lickmeyer Maynard's, 1196. All right, I know there's not much difference here, but talk to me about the two of them and what one of them, you know, who's telling about the bloke who did a little bit better than the other one, but let's see what you liked about uh, Mardo's team. I was privy to the uh, discussion between those two when they were bouncing backwards and forwards between the scores. Just as it was coming up, like, oh, geez, we're at only 40 points the difference now. And you could hear Brian on the other end of the phone just dripping away with all that sweat. And Keels was licking his lips, getting ready to take a win. But, um, yeah, obviously fell a bit short, unfortunately. Uh, what I liked, he's uh, he's had a few fairly average scores. But, you know, you can't go wrong with Charlie Dixon got, getting an 88. He's um, week in, week out, pumping out those big scores as a forward. And I really like to see that. He was low on the uh, the draft pick as well, I thought. He wasn't snapped up earlier, and it's showing that he's just the man to keep in your forward line. Um, in terms of what I, I didn't like, Gary Rowan's on there. You know, Keels has got so much wrong with his side that he had no one else to put in there than Rowan. And we all know that he's not a super coach player. No. He's great out on the field, don't get me wrong, but super coach, he's terrible. He still had Paddy Ryder on his side, even though we knew he's not going to be back for a long time. Cunnington, I'm pretty sure he's his concussion is now indefinite. Um, Matty Crouch, still indefinite. Indefinite. Hooley's not likely to come back, and I think Jack Martin's probably the only one of the whole lot to come back. So he's got a lot of issues there. But he took Ward from me, so I can't be too mad at him. Yeah, Ward 110, probably the only shining light apart from Steve-O somehow deciding to just turn it up. Oh, yeah, do you remember what uh, Lockie said about that in the ratings? Yeah, what he, a, he scoffed, scoffed at Stevenson, and then he comes out and just turns it on. To be fair, as a, as a as an ex-Collingwood Blake, I would probably scoff at him too, but 33 as well as seven tackles, I mean, bloody yeah, hell. Unbelievable, he's everywhere. Well. That's it. Anyway, looking at Brian's team, what I liked about it, um, realistically not a lot to like. There's a couple of guys, Sheed, Hearn. May. May came back and did pretty well. So if you're happy with that pick, that was a very late pick. So I thought he was going to be ruled out with a concussion, so he's quite he lucky. Got, he got very well there. And then, yeah, obviously we talked about Keelan's bench not having any scores and all being very indefinite long-term ones. So probably the thing I didn't like about those. We then go to uh, Ben, Tiger King, 12-34, defeated Braden Dob Squad, 11-79. Right, talk to me about Ben. What did you like about Ben? Um, What I like about Ben, look, oh. he's got Clay Oliver. I love that man. And, you know, you put the haircut aside, he's just week in, week out, doing everything that he possibly can for his side. You see him just chipping out everything. He's, he was quite efficient with his disposals, I thought, as well, but he was really carrying the side. And obviously that's shown with the Supercoach score there, 244. So, yeah, I really like that about Ben's side there. Uh, what I didn't like about Braden's, geez, medical sub, Rockliffe. 
Um, that's that's got to hurt a lot. But he doesn't have anybody to back it up. You know, he he's got four players on his bench that are injured. Well, JJ's uh in VFL, so not good enough to get a get a jersey. Yeah, so is he really worth staying in your side if he can't even get a game? Um, yeah, Rockliffe twenty five points for a quarter. Really, really hurts him. Yeah, especially when you look at that and go, well, how could he have gone the full game? Could it have made the difference? You never know. Exactly. Yeah, look to Ben. Obviously, Oliver, love the bloke. And then Tom Mitchell, 135, as his second pick on the way back. You'd be happy with those two as your first two picks. Just imagine if he went Mitchell instead. That's it. It would have been massive. But he got the win, so that's all that matters. And then we look at, yeah, Braden, what I don't like. Yeah, look, like we talked about already, Rockliffe. But then a few guys, Riley O'Brien struggling. Um, and a few other blokes just struggling to get 50s, so... He's got to hope some of these blokes, like Anderson, comes back soon. Maybe Walters in a couple of weeks as well, and he could be all right. But... There's a lot of the rucks, though. A lot of the rucks didn't score over a ton. A I think, I think it was struggled. people like the Big O that did. Big O, what a man. There's not, there wasn't many of them, I don't think, that scored well. And we go, oh, apart from the, one of the blokes we're going to talk about now. So we go to the last match of the round. We had Matt Potato in my ass, 13-70, defeated Alex Netfits and Chill, 13-02, and... Not going to lie, you look pretty happy about that name there right now. <laughs> oh, it's much better hearing it from your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what did you like about yourself, Matt? Um, oh, trying, Dunk- trying to keep it brief, Robert. I don't know why not. It's got to be Dunkley. What uh, he's just, he was in doubt about where he was going to be in the dog's side, and then he played that preseason game, and they obviously saw some value in him. They brought him back in, and I was, I was right to chuck the captain on him because he's just put out a big score for me, which really, really did help. Um... I, I, it worked out pretty well for me. My defenders were a lot better than I thought they were going to be. My uh, my forward line turned to shit as expected. But um, you know, overall, it was I thought it was pretty good. In terms of um, what I didn't like about Alex's side, geez, there's a lot. Um, he, he had a full bench as well of injured players. So there's a lot of that happening in this this round so far. He he made a panic choice to, to bring Core in and obviously it worked out, but no, what I didn't like I guess I could nail down was Danaher. Fuck him. As if he would leave the club and then drop a fifty four and do fuck all to the the Lions. What a piece of shit. Yeah, no, that's fair. And yeah, I'm looking to yourself what I like. You've got a couple of really big hundred and twenty five pluses, but also a lot of guys in the nineties, which you'd definitely take. Uh, Jordan Dawson probably did a right 79, so look, you, you give him a pass for that one, considering how late you drafted him at an absolute steal. <laughs> pick 112, I believe, so you take a 79 from a pick 112 every day of the week. Oh, it was, that's almost on the bench, isn't it? Basically. Uh, and then, yeah, Alex didn't like. Yeah, a few too many low scores there, and just pretty unfortunate with a few of those, but at the same time, when you've got all these blokes not even playing on your bench, you've just got to feel what you got and hope for the best. But look, a 13-02, you'd take that most days with the amount of bench scores he had, so... I was nervous because Bose was coming in 146 and I remember just looking at the fan footy page and he was 50 within halfway through the first quarter and he just kept putting on those scores and then in the last quarter he just stopped. Yeah. So I reckon if he kept going and Oscar Allen was putting those goals, I think he shanked one right in front as well, I would have been in a very, very bad situation. Yeah, no, look, it's not ideal for him, but still to be scoring 1,300, you'd take that considering... Uh where he finished last year, he'd be very happy with his score because he definitely puts him in the top couple. Definitely puts him in the top couple of scores, which he'd be happy with so good far. Good for percentage. Definitely good for percentage. You'd take that. All right, now we go to everybody's favourite segment. It's time for questions of the week. All right, first one here comes from Grant. 
and it is who has had a more putrid start to the season, the highest-rated coach, Brazer, or the Geelong Football Club? <laughs> yeah, the Geelong Football Club. <laughs> uh, nothing makes me happier than knowing they lost to the Crows and they were the wooden spooners and you go from grand finalists to getting pumped by the lowest. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that definitely takes the cake for me and it makes it even sweeter that Lockie supports him. I'm actually surprised he hasn't ditched them like he ditched the chat. Yes, definitely. I mean, you know, Bryza, yeah, he was touted as the biggest, but did score pretty well as well. So you can't really give it like that much. All right, next one here we go for a couple from Amato. Who do you who do you think will be the hardest to trade with and why? I think it's probably going to be Ben. Ben always seems to put a lot of value on his players where it's just not deserved. He's got people in his side, you know, like Zeeble and Gray that are getting on in their years, and I reckon he's just going to be wanting premiums for him and. I really don't think I want to be coughing that up, and he's going to want to try and replace that ruck option as well. Mr. What, what ruck option? <laughs> Jenkins. Oh. <laughs> uh, remember when we said that not many rucks scored very well? He yeah. did very poorly. Very 43 poorly. points. 43 points. I wonder where that ranks on the ruck scale. <laughs> very lowly. I reckon there's probably a... Ben will tell you that he, he, pl- he played. That's all that matters. <laughs> I can he's guarantee not, not Ben will tell you he he, he was at twenty first averaging ruck um, high scoring ruckman. So he didn't make twenty two rucks uh, out of twenty four. There you go. <laughs> Blokes that scored less than him. Or sorry, Meek scored the same, and then Phil, Tom Philarton and Nathan Vardy scored him less. Unbelievable. Don't even know who those two blokes are. No. Philarton, Tom Philarton. Don't even know. Oh, that's what I was laughing about last time. Was Jenkins. The jokes made about Jenkins. Oh, the, uh, yeah, the correlated. The correlated yes. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Next question. If everybody had to have a spud player in their team, who would be yours? Spud player, I assume, being the worst. Yes, I would. That would be my assumption as well. Um, it can't be Jenkins. It can't be Jenkins. Oh, I thought you actually meant real people. Oh, it could be real people too. We can go one. We can go whichever one you want. Oh, geez, the worst worst on ground's got to be um, got to be Jenkins. I mean, if that's if that's, if we got an actual player, I would never have put him in my side. I wouldn't have even looked at him. I would have completely forgotten about him. But, uh, yeah, worst on ground, if it was going to be one of the people that we know, um, probably your dad, Grant. You know, he's just got no idea what's going on. He's a bit of an airhead. I reckon the ball would come flying to him and he would just be looking the other way and hit him in the back of the skull. So, um, yeah, frankly, I think he'd probably be the spud to, uh, you know, it'd be like a charity case putting him in the game, basically. Give him like Brian Straw to run for improving the Legends game sort of thing. Ah, <laughs> uh, look, it's Brian's an easy target, so I got to go for somebody a bit original. We all know Brian's is not exactly the most skinny person going around. Could could be a good full forward option. Wouldn't you? Be, you'd put him in the goal sphere and you would not be able to move him. He'd probably actually kick a bag. Wouldn't be able to hold the man though, would he? <laughs> <laughs> okay, next one from Mato is if we went into a snap five day lockdown right now, how many weeks would you give Dangerfield? Oh, I like that. That's good. Um, probably probably about two months. Two months? I reckon he deserves it. I don't like his defence at all. Um, I don't think he deserves any sort of grace for it. And the fact that he's already pled guilty and they're looking at three weeks minimum is a delight. So I think Ben's got him. No, nah, Steve's got him. Oh, even Steve, better. oh, that is a great result. Because he, he top scored and he was talking about how good his team was. So, yep. yeah, good luck to you now, Steve. Yeah, all right. Now we go to a couple from Keelan. Is there a bigger sook in the league than Lockie? Has left the group chat twice already. Yeah, very true. Um, he's definitely taken the mantelpiece from Scotty there about being a big old sook. So, yeah, no one's a bigger sook than him. Everyone's just 
taking everything with a uh, grain of salt and on the chin, basically. They're doing pretty well. It's Lockie. Definitely. All right. Next one is, will we see Scott overprice his players as usual at the trade table? Of course we will. Let's have a look at who he's got. That's like saying, oh. is the sun going to rise tomorrow? <laughs> it's just a given. He's got a bunch of mid players and he's just going to want to flog them off and nobody's going to want them because forwards are the hot tickets this year in his forward line. Got to say, not one to be desired. My favourite thing is he's gone to full mids every single year for like four years and it's worked so well every single time. So yeah. if, if, it, if, it bro- if it's broken, why, why bother trying to fix it? Has he won yet? No. Nah, see, so obviously it's a, a broken system. It's, but a bold, it's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. I, I can see where it's coming from, but um, yeah, it's, it, his, his forward line is just putrid. I think he actually picked Darling over Sloan in the draft, if memory serves me right. Yeah, it's a silly. So. I had eyes on Sloan very early, but someone already snuck up and got him, so. Yeah. And Sloan has done very well, scored 100 and something, especially with both crouches out now. There's no one else in there. They're not going to be back for a while. Well, no Brad Crouch. Brad Crouch is not going to be, not going to be back for a long, long time. Well, he's, yeah. He's gone across to the St Kilda. But Matt Crouch out indefinitely just means that Laird and, uh, what's his name, fucking Sloan, just going to reap the rewards. I had, I had my eye on Laird too, and that's another thing your father did. Took him from me. At least you weren't right next to him, and at least there wasn't Walters. Why is it always a Legacic that upsets me? <laughs> I don't know. Well, it's either a Legacic or a story, and they're basically quite, quite, quite <laughs> half, the, half, the, half the league, so it's bound to happen, just percentage-wise. Uh, we have right. to have words still about you putting me last in the draft, too. Oh, that, I can't really... That wasn't me. I <laughs> tried to make it as as as, easy, as, uh, as fair as I could with a random thing and and all that stuff, and... Still copped it. That's right. It's worked out well for me. I reckon it's um last isn't the worst because we do the bonsai. I think it isn't as, isn't as bad as a normal snake draft. It's normal snake, you just last sucks. But yeah, being bonsai, you kind of get three decents. I think that's definitely what helps with the captain's selections as well. You don't, you know, I don't get to put Gorn every single week. The top top five don't get to put everyone that time every time. So you get the the good options, I guess. But well, those were my two first picks. Was um Dunkley and next week will be Ridley. So perfect. It's worked out well. We'll take them every other week. Damn straight. All right, and second last question: Has the has the worst ever pick in draft history, Jenkins, redeemed any sort of respect, or was the forty points expected? The forty points was actually more than I thought he was going to get. Um, he's just an atrocious player, and and how he's still got a gig, I do not know. This is unbelievable. Sam, so, was it the reason Geelong lost? Nah, Geelong sucked. <laughs> Geelong was so bad. I don't get me wrong; the the Crows played pretty well in the first three quarters, but. Halfway through the third quarter, the Cats were coming back and they still just couldn't reel it in. So, yeah, Jenkins, I, I would have just dropped him off for the scrap heap already. There are other options there that um, are still more viable than him. 43 points, and if you expect that every week, geez, that's, um, you'd want to fix your trade strategy pretty quick. Yep. And last and probably more important, what is better, chicken or cheese twisties? Cheese, I guess. Yeah. People. Yeah, I don't I really thought about that one before. I don't mind chicken, but you can't go past cheese. Yeah, I'm happy with both, really. Yeah. None of them upset me. All right. Uh, that is all I have with Melbourne Matt. But before we go, I am just going to go to one of our sponsors. Very good. Gender reveals are all the rage right now. And if you're interested in a new and fun way to gender reveal, then listen up. Simply buy a trench coat, wear nothing underneath, and flash away. Trench coats, because gender reveals don't have to be fancy. That's a bit transparent, isn't it? Yeah. Matthew, thank you very much for joining me on the Collingwood Football Club 
uh, Collingwood Football Club list manager of the podcast. It was good to be here. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. No worries. Thank you. And to everybody else, I will talk to you all next week.